All right. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to give you all the heads up. If you check the description, the footnotes of this episode, you will find a link to a video on Vimeo titled Mariana Valencia Bouquet. I would recommend watching that video before today's episode because we talk about that video for a good portion of the podcast and it would help out if you would have seen the video. But it is not it is not a mandatory thing to do. Just letting you know if you want to go check it out before the episode, you can do that by clicking the link in the, in the footnotes. Anyway, enjoy today's episode. Start off with the maraca. Maraca? Yeah, a maraca. That's to signify how great today's episode is going to be. Anyway, hello everybody. Uh, I am your host, Paul O'Donnell. And I am, I'm your co- Yeah. <laughs> and I am joined by... <laughs> just go, dude, just go. Um, yeah, I'm I'm Connor Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Opinion Central, baby. So today we got a few things we're going to be talking about, but before before we dive into those, we're starting off with that good old Reddit question. Um, so this one is, is posted by Lizzie Lollipop, and they ask, what is a movie that after you finished watching it, you went, oh shoot, and then went back and watched it again to pick up on everything you missed? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, a movie that I just was like, oh, need to watch it again right now. Because, or, or like pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I mm-hmm. missed a bunch of stuff and I want to go back and watch it. Right. Right. Movies, man. I think for me, it would have been like Inception by uh, Christopher Nolan. That movie had some, is... some like interesting stuff going on. Right. Um,. Also, I did like see Avengers Endgame when it came out. I saw it two days in a row back to back in theaters, and I did. Oh, how did you I do that. I did catch up on a like I did pick up on a lot of stuff rewatching it a second time. So you were able to watch that twice. Yeah, and then I haven't watched it since, or I watched it once, like a couple weeks ago. I don't think I could watch that movie again, not start to finish. Yeah. It definitely has a that, it has a lot of slow points. It's so slow. And then there then there's a fin- Infinity War. I saw that one twice in theaters. Infinity War was good. I mean, it was all right. I think it was better than I, Endgame. I don't think I'd go to the theaters twice to watch it. Of course, that's what I did. <laughs> um, Not on my own accord, but yeah, at the will of others who had wanted to see it. Also, Which, to go, yeah. I had fun with seeing it with those people, but that was the thing. I saw Endgame with 
two different groups of people also. Right, yeah, that, that definitely makes a difference. Mm -hmm. And also if I were to go a little off script with this question, I've watched The Witcher, the TV show, and I'm re-watching it pretty soon after I've already watched it because now I'm catching up on so much like little things that I missed watching the show the first mm -hmm. time. Okay. Okay, I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. there's, there's definitely... Um, there's definitely something... Whenever it comes to TV shows, you can miss a lot. Yeah. Like, a lot, a lot. Like, I, I know, like, watching Game of Thrones a second time was really cool. You watched Game of Thrones a second time? I've seen Game of Thrones probably not every single episode more than once, but I've definitely seen most of the episodes at least twice, maybe three times. Wow. That's, I mean, I remember, and I, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, because, like, the show wasn't... I mean, the sh seasons that I rewatched were really good, and that was The Walking Dead. Like, I rewatched seasons, I think, one through five, maybe three times. Mm -hmm. But seasons one through five are pretty good. The The following seasons weren't the greatest. Okay. Yeah. One thing I like to do is I'll watch it once, like, on my own, or, you know, using my own planning and time. Mm -hmm. And then whenever I go home, I'll watch it with my dad. Oh, okay. Because he, he hardly takes the initiative to go out watch new things. Yeah. You know, unless it's football. So, and I love football. <laughs> so whenever I go home, we'll, I'll re-watch an entire series just to watch it with him. That's pretty cool. Plus then you, you get another person to talk about it with. Yeah. And I know, I know exactly where they are. I don't have to worry about spoilers because I... I know what they have and have not seen. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing. Talking mm -hmm. about spoilers with people when, like, maybe you've seen the new episode and someone else hasn't, and you're like, hey, remember when this happened? And then you're just mm -hmm. like, oh, what? Yep. Now, there are movies that I always like seeing more than once, and that would be Spider-Man movies. Just yeah. because I really like Spider-Man. I now, don't like superheroes, but I love Spider-Man so much. I know we're going a bit off topic, but... Are, are we, which one's the, if you were to rank the Toby, the Andrew, and the Tom Spider-Mans? Okay. Where would you put them? First off, Miles Morales, the Spider-Man. Miles Morales, yeah. In, in, <laughs> Miles Morales. I, I forgot, Into the Spider-Verse, yeah. Into the, Into the Spider-Verse, I think, collectively as a movie, is the best Spider-Man so series. That's fantastic. Yeah, the best take on Spider-Man, because yeah. it's so it's it's contemporary it's it's the one that's most relevant with reflective of like what's going on today mm -hmm. and it's also it it has just thematically it's so cool because yeah. of the artwork and the second one's coming down in 2021 so look forward to that oh they are making a second one that's yeah, cool yeah i definitely am supportive of that because i know they had the uh the, the end how they ended the that mm -hmm. one was it was both funny and um, in telling or uh, foreshadowing of a new one. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. So, uh, supposedly, yeah. and there was supposed to be an Andrew, Toby, and Tom Spider-Man in that movie. In the original? In the Spider-Verse, yeah. There wow. was going to be a scene that... where they all popped up and were like, hey, what's up? I'm sure they could do something with that. I think that'd be really cool, though. Because there has been a lot of debate between, so so I guess 
to go back to the question, just the live action ones, the live action Spider Mans. Yeah, I have seen the Amazing Spider Man the most. That one's, I think, the most fun. I I enjoy that one. Now, th- Amazing Spider Man two, not as much. Mm-hmm. But the original, the Amazing Spider Man, I've seen if, a lot. If I were gonna like rank the Spider Mans in like a certain way, I would see. I would say Tobey Maguire was the best Peter Parker. I would say mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield was the best Spider-Man. And then Tom Holland's kind of like the balance between those. Right. Right. But yeah, Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man. I... He made, like, the jokes he made, the way he carried himself, it was so perfect. I... I... I think that he did do a good job being Spider-Man. But... Like like you said, with Peter Parker, he wasn't as strong. Yeah, he wasn't as convincing. He was too cool. Yeah, Andrew Garfield's just a cool dude. You can't like <laughs> you can't nerdify him. Like Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland, you can kind of nerdify, but Andrew Garfield's just so cool. Where like yeah, like I've seen him in Hacksaw Ridge. At that point, you can't like lower him after that. Mm-hmm. Now anyway, I would say I I do think that um, Tom Holland is a better Peter Parker. Yeah. For sure, because I I I think that he's a good like child. He's a good kid. Because he's Maguire, more the age too. Yeah, Tobey Maguire. I think he plays more of a. Well, I guess this is more in the later movies, but he's definitely more of a um, post high schooler. Yeah. While Tom Holland, you still get that high school feel throughout all of his movies. Yeah. All right, now now back to the back to the other question. Uh, mm-hmm. So we did kind of talk about like rewatching shows, and it's nice to catch up on stuff. Could you think of any movies that like really after you watched it once, you're like, okay, I need to see this again. Like I have to watch it again. Yeah, because um, because you knew you missed something. Yeah, I watched Pulp Fiction twice. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I watched it and then. I told my cousin who had never seen it either to watch it and then we got together and watched it together okay so we watched cool. it on our own first and then together and yeah. it was it was it was cool to see it the second time because one it's a good movie it gets yeah. a really good oh, movie yeah, 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 and then sure. I, I i got to be excited about things that were coming up because yeah you know it's you're like oh here it comes like i um and I guess this is kind of the case for a lot of Tarantino movies. Like, they're just very good for rewatchability. But, like, mm-hmm. I rewatched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with my dad. And the second mm-hmm. time watching it was so much better. Because, like, mm-hmm. I understood a lot what was going on now. Because, mm-hmm. like, the first time you're, you don't really put all the pieces together. Yeah, so. you can, you can, like, putting things together and um, just, like, picking up things that you didn't see before. And this is the same. Like I would recommend reading books a second time because mm-hmm. you don't realize. I know you read every word, but you don't realize all the things that you miss whenever you re- you've read the book only once. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially if like yeah. you haven't read that book in a year. Like yeah. over the course of time, you forget a lot of what happens in books. Like the Harry Potter's I haven't read in a long time, mm-hmm. and so it's hard for me to like. If someone who just read it like is talking about it, it's hard for me 
for me to like recall all that stuff that happened in book three of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you on that. But, yeah, the Harry Potters are a good, good example, especially because they have the movies. So yeah. you'll remember things that happened in the movies, but then it's like, oh, who is Peeves? Who is Peeves? Who is Peeves? <laughs> Today's episode, who is Peeves? <laughs> who who be the Peeve? No, yeah, we, we, Peeves, we might have... such uh, an iconic character, yeah. but he's not even mentioned in the movie. We can, we can maybe That's talk your about homework. that another time. Yeah, you listeners, figure <laughs> out who Peeves is. <laughs> yep. Once you know who Peeves is, you you can consider yourself. I I think anyone who is a Harry Potter fan cannot consider themselves a true fan unless they know unless who they know is. who Peeves is exactly. Yep. <laughs> like I I brought Peeves up to my my one good friend who's read the books, and he was like, "Wait, who's Peeves again?" And I had to explain it to him. He's like, "Oh yeah, okay, it's that dude." Yeah, he's right. definitely a character that is sadly forgotten. It is. He is. Just like, just like my boy Tom Bombadil from Lord of the Rings, and Tom Bombadil, he is a legend. He is the best character in Lord of the Rings. Doesn't even make an appearance. Yeah, Peter Jackson movies. made a huge mistake there. I would, huge I would mistake. like a spinoff movie just about Tom Bombadil. Let's just see it. Yeah, the lack of Bombadil. <laughs> the lack, <laughs> the lack of Bombadil in the Lord of the Rings trilogy is disappointing. It's its biggest fault. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think so. Because he's present in a good chunk of the first book. Oh, yeah. Hey, who knows? He could be in the TV show. There's a TV show coming out. And, you know, he was probably alive during that time. You know, my boy Tom Bombadil, he's living long. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's enough about uh, <laughs> missed opportunities by films like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. On, on, to, on to kind of the main topic for today. It's a it's a video, and yes. for all for all you listeners, if you don't watch this video, it's actually on Vimeo, V I M E O, and this is the first video I've ever watched on Vimeo, and it's titled Mariana Valencia Bouquet. Mm-hmm. So if you want to watch that, you can, and the user is the Chocolate Factory Theater. I, I'm I'm guessing it's the user because that's what's under the video. Um, yeah, yeah, and we can put a link to this on social media and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you can go watch that if you want. If you want to pause the podcast now, watch the video, and then hop onto this later. Go for right. it. Yeah, Cause... and this is something where I would recommend. I so I've definitely, I've definitely wa- listened to podcasts where I have not seen the movie or I haven't, haven't been exposed to the content that they're talking about mm-hmm. and, and it's usually you, know, you okay. can still get a lot yeah you can get a lot out of that but for this one i, I would definitely this, recommend this video it because... is more of like an experience to yeah like it watch is. and so... it's something it could, it's something that you could watch with you know a lot of people it's uh 40 45 ish minutes long 46 something 40, minute 46 47 40, i have it up right there 46 47 mm-hmm. uh and this is something, and you can watch it by yourself. You can watch it with your family. You can watch it with your kids. It's it's appropriate it's for all ages and all groups. Yeah, it might, it might get a little boring for kids in some parts, but I would agree. Still, yeah, it's still really cool. Unless your kids really like dance and fine arts. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. It's time to start talking about it. I want to just start off with the room that this takes place in. Okay. I, I think the room definitely plays a big part in the performance 
Uh, mm-hmm. see. And, mm-hmm. I mean, the way, you know, she moves objects around, I, I, I just, I really liked the room. I, I don't know why, but the room, I think, was a big part of what I was watching. Yeah, and to give you an idea, if you didn't follow my advice, it's... Um... <laughs> if you didn't listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so this room, it's it's completely white, and... Yep. Um, it's not very big. It's about the size of a classroom. It's completely empty. And there's an audience that you can't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just uh, Mariana. And she has all these objects in this room. That's kind of how it begins. Is There's this bundle of things on the stage. And then she goes and she places it all out. And just to see how she interacts with these objects... And within the space, because she she calls attention to everything, kind of makes it a meta, yeah, a meta dance performance. She like and, makes you aware of like, yeah, this is what this is, and then goes mm-hmm. to the next object, and mm-hmm. she's explaining what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I like the space. Well, they're not space heater, the wall heaters. Just yeah, like they're just cool. The, yeah, it's definitely it paints a cool aesthetic. And then the lighting was surprisingly good for that room because yeah. this doesn't seem like this isn't some big old dance stage or anything. It's just a room mm-hmm. that happens to have really good lighting. That <laughs> has some kick-ass lighting. <laughs> like they have, they have like theater lights and everything yeah. to uh, give it that that stagey feel. Yeah, it, it, it definitely uh, is really really nice you can tell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah so so I guess what brought me to this video was I was reading an article in the New York Times and it's talking about um, Valencia and she she's been having she she's been knowing known for having abstract quiet dancing and using autobiography to engage to engage often in common ways. That's a quote directly from the New York Times, and it's really cool to see because you see a lot of dance nowadays. That's all. So if you were to look at the contemporary scene, there's a lot of videos where people are in a studio and mm-hmm. they this routine and there's this big crowd around it then if you if you watch this video yeah well then there's also the just people just that traditional dance where you're at a ballet and there are all these formal dancers but this is definitely it's abstract yeah it's it's more art art for art's sake it's that um avant-garde kind of art Mm mm-hmm because as well as dancing, which it's not necessarily, there's definitely an element to improv to it, and there's its own style, because you can tell that she's very comfortable in her body and how she interacts with the world. And she does it in a way that makes you feel like you're a part of it, I think. Mm -hmm. Just the way that she moves her body in very um, pronounced ways. Mm Mm-hmm that really make it feel like she's telling a story. Which, 
a lot of a lot of times she is telling a story. At least in this video specifically. Yeah, I, I, I think so. There's a story element to it. Yeah, and... how, do, how do you feel about the construction of that story? I thought, I thought it was pretty well done. Like it was just really cool. I mean, the way she would just kind of go along, I guess, while doing her motions and and then talking while doing it. It it was just. It, it's kind of weird to explain. When I was just watching the video, it was more like I wasn't watching a video. I was just kind of, you know, experiencing this thing happening in front of me. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, like, the way, like, the story progressed, I was able to just kind of flow with it, if that makes right. any sense. Yeah, it definitely does. And she 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 does a good job of having that buildup mm-hmm. and using that to control her environment. And then it's really cool to see how she puts it all together in the end because I I really like the part where she takes all the objects and places them in a circle. Yeah. She goes through she well, first she goes and she says, These are my favorite things, which I love. And then that, that was really like I, I love that because, part. And then she one, tells you what they are. She tells you what the things are, but she doesn't give an explanation as to why those things mm-hmm. are her favorite things. She just tells you, hey, this is a... Like, imagine if someone just walked up to you and said, hey, this is my favorite thing. Name something completely random and then didn't tell you why. Right. And then, like, she said a bowl of rice is one of her favorite. And, and like, she has tempered glass. Yeah. But she has a bowl, but there's no rice in it. Yeah. It's just a bowl. <laughs> but it's... Now, that may... I don't know if that was you know, because I don't know if she didn't want to spill it or if that was actually part of the performance. Like, I That's just, true. Do, it could have, I, I don't know about that, but yeah. But then the uh, other objects, as you said, like the tempered glass, that was, that was funny. Mm-hmm. And like a bandana or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever else it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it was really interesting. And then it's cool to see how she uses those objects and places them throughout the room that give you like a mm-hmm. sense of the environment. First, she puts it so it seems like it's almost a, a ha- like a room or mm-hmm. a home, and then she goes to make it the border. And that's really whenever I think the dance gets interesting is whenever. Well, there's a part before it too, but they're like. There, there are three three sections, I would say. First, whenever it's in a room. Second, whenever you have the surrounding. And then mm-hmm. whenever she finally puts it in the bouquet where the, the yeah. um, it gets its name, where the piece gets its name. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you can tell the placement of everything is extremely strategic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I, it does, does, like, make me think, at least for her case, Mariana's, how long this took to just plan out and because you can tell this definitely took time to think of and mm-hmm. strategize placements and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um but yeah it, the just the moving of the objects was re- and and when she was doing it it was just extremely laid back like she was just moving it putting it somewhere else and you're just like okay it's there now right and it was calm mm-hmm. it was very calm it wasn't like she was running around the room, moving these objects. Mm-hmm. It was just flow. I keep mm-hmm. on using the word flow, but it, it, it does describe it pretty well. 
Yeah, and and that's like I think part of that is why it feels real and mm-hmm. why it feels like you're going through this um performance with her. Yeah. Because of her deliverance and the well yeah, like the calmness, the deliverance and the patience that she has. I think mm-hmm. patience plays a big role into building the environment. Um, I like in the beginning whenever she's using the bandana as a blanket and she gets down in the she gets it down in this makeshift bed mm-hmm. and whenever she pulls the bandana, she starts it at her feet and then pulls it all the way yeah. up to her ass. So it gives the it impression feels like it's a whole blanket. Yeah. It, it gives you that idea, even though it's just a bandana that only covers her stomach. You know, that it's covering her whole body, big. yeah. But yeah, you get that impression that it's covering her own body. Okay, mm-hmm. so then she gets in, and, you know, then music becomes a part of it. Yeah, and that, like, I thought it was very interesting when music kind of came into play. Because once the music game it controlled the environment mm-hmm. yeah and i like to see how her action was affected by that how how it played a role on how she moved her body like yeah you could tell like her way of dancing and moving changed when like you had different kinds of music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i think this it really gets the ball rolling whenever she starts working on these isolations. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's the first thing that I'm kind of fuzzy about the order, but I, I really like how she builds up. How all she does is like stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's around. So she just she starts doing sort of sort of a a ballet kind of well a kind of dance with herself where she's just spinning around. Um, and that's whenever the music starts to build up. Yeah. And then there's a lot of body isolation. And all she'll do is like sit down and then stand back up. And it's really cool just to see how particular she can move her body. Mm-hmm. Like but how much the, control the, she has over it. Yeah, because you have to think about that. And you have to you have to practice moving like that so much. Just to move like an isolated hip movement is really it's difficult. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah, I wouldn't know, but I'm, I'm count- I'm trusting you on your word. <laughs> yeah, being in dance. Yeah, I I have experience in dance, or the way that she crawls down the floor. Yeah, through, through the floor is really cool, and then using that. There's this part where literally all she does is walk, and like her hips are moving, and um. Her bot, her body's moving in comparison. Like you, you kind of see this construction of a person almost learning how to walk, or 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 kind of like a robot almost. That's that's yeah. walking, and she's trying to keep balance, and she has to make all these constant adjustments and um, precise movements that give her the ability to put the next foot in front of the other. Yeah, yeah it, it, that was, there's just a lot of really cool just movements and and ways she just carried herself was so incredible Mm -hmm. Um, now (laughs) so what'd you think about the storyline that she puts up with smoking um 
I thought it was interesting when she first started it, and you know she started shaking and everything else. I was like, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> so it, it was interesting, like her introducing it. Uh huh. Um, yeah, that's whenever she really gets to start dancing. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Um, but she does it with an element of storytelling. That's really she cool. does. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like, I, <laughs> I, I found it funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I think I think story. that was definitely like the way she went out was a more comedic approach, mm-hmm. and it was mm-hmm. interesting like, to like to see that through dance, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, the dance that she was doing was I, I would think comedic in a way. You yeah, know? yeah, the definitely the way that she articulates her face is yeah. really funny. Like she just winks to the audience at one point, and it's just so like you can I I see it as something that's so cool. And that's yeah. that's why I guess there's there's an element of humor in cool. Mm. I'm not sure I'm not sure quite what it is or why it makes me think that something's cool, but it has this level of I I I don't, I don't know I I don't know why it's comedic. Being cool is comedic. Do you know why? Being like, cool is comedic. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't really help you there, but I can definitely. Okay, so it, it then, was... then there's this oh, okay. part. Okay, so then there's this part where she starts doing kind of these ballet movements, but the way she does it seems like it's an exaggeration. Like, yeah. Some of her movements are they're just like a lazy way to do ballet. <laughs> <laughs> But then she builds it into something that's really cool. That's yeah. her style. It's like her own, you know. She was doing it as her own, or in her own way, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. And then she'll end up in a stretch, okay? And it, all I'm thinking to myself is, that must feel so good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, after, you know, doing all that stuff and you get, you get your good stretch and, like, you feel great. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's like when I would have finished, you know, doing 300 meter hurdles, which is one of the worst races in high school track. And mm-hmm. you get to the end of that, you get onto that, you fall onto the field in the middle, and then you maybe do a stretch or two. You feel great doing those stretches. Right, and it's weird because now you're watching somebody do a stretch. <laughs> you're watching someone just stretching, yeah. <laughs> so it's almost like you're stretching via imagination. Yeah, 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 yeah. And. It still like it still feels like, like she's still bringing you along with her. Like, right? She's showing you everything, right? Right. It's a cool performance. It really is. You you all should go watch it. A hundred percent. Now, okay. So at the end, whenever she's doing, it's kind of it's her finale, and she's doing all mm-hmm. these shoutouts. First off, yeah. it's really cool to see all the things that kind of concern or the things that she's worried about the thing mm-hmm. that the things that she appreciates in the world because you know that that kind of like that that says a lot about who you are is the kind of issues that you have that mm-hmm. and like, then it makes you appreciate kind of what was portrayed in the dance yeah yeah like who she's trying to represent or what she's trying to stand for yeah for sure and I love the part she passes out the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she makes this whole routine of passing out paper to everybody and then um, asking them all to read for her. And then she continues dancing. And 
something about a con- congregation speaking in unison. It's and, really cool. Like, yeah, it's so cool. It's, yeah, it gave me chills. For it's sure. it's empowering. Like, yeah, very empowering. Very, very empowering because they're talking about people. They're talking about things yeah. in the world that deserve recognition and mm-hmm. deserve your time to think about and then seeing seeing someone dance to it is inspiring it it really is it was a good combination for sure Mm -hmm. like i would love to dance in front of a crowd that's all just saying the same thing yeah and you're dancing like kind of to what they're saying yeah like your movements relate to that i believe it's most of that is improvised but i'm not I'm not exactly sure. Well, she did a very good job improvising. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. It, 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 yeah, it was very impressive. It's a cool performance. And, Check it uh, out. I'm, I'm actually going to put the link of this this performance into the show notes. Oh, cool. So you'll be able to look at the description of this this episode, and you should should be able to click on the video. Oh yeah, that's so, awesome. I didn't know we had that power. Yeah, we have that power. I'll, I'll also mention this at the beginning of the episode. So <laughs> okay. hopefully all of you would have lit, watched the video by now. And if you didn't, I hope you at least enjoyed our explanation and dive into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's time for us to to move. Any any final words you want to say about it before we move on? Um, what do you think of her costume? Um, at first, I would I didn't like it. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> really. I, at first, I didn't like it, but mm-hmm. over time, I became more accepting of it. I was like, okay, this is, like, it's cool. And mm-hmm. I love how she was in her bare feet. Yeah. I yeah, actually, like, that was, cool. I really liked that. But yeah, mm-hmm. at first, I wasn't crazy about it, and then over time, I was like, I, I came to accept it. Well, it is it is strange, because it's khakis with a spandex suit. Yeah, is that like, yeah, I know, just, is that not a common, you know, dance kind of well, I don't see why someone would wear pants like that while they're dancing. Yeah. Even it'd be a, in, it'd be a little annoying. Even in contemporary style, like this corduroy khaki isn't something that you see yeah. every day. It was interesting it's to not, say the least. It's it's not it's not pants that you can really flow or not flow, but it doesn't permit all of the movement. Mm-hmm. Like in ballet, you wear tights so then you can move you, yeah. Your, so that your clothing is not a restriction. But these pants can definitely be a constriction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was definitely an interesting choice of clothing. Mm-hmm. Also, I love her hair. Her hair is really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can agree with you very, on that. Very big, very curly. Yeah, it was really awesome. It's got to be super hot while you're dancing like that because you can see the sweat. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, uh, I mean, yeah, you would think a room like that would probably get hot anyway, completely enclosed. Right. No windows and no windows on the side. Yeah. And lights on you. Yeah. That would be, for, for how long the performance you had, yeah, I would be sweating too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I, so I guess I just really like, I like the performance as a whole. I like how she presents herself. I love her facial expression and how um, I like how she manipulates her environment. And I, I like 
the way that she puts, say, you could call a comedy into her work is really mm-hmm. cool. Like this improvised comedy as yeah. well that still relates to what the she is bringing apart. Yeah. And I think yeah. a lot of that just like comes through her natural movement and facial expressions. You can see a lot of humor in that. At least I found myself laughing, chuckling mm-hmm. at just times throughout their performance that weren't necessarily like, you know, they weren't gut gut-wrenching laughing but it was it was just a cool they're, take. yeah they're funny you know, to say the yeah. least yeah i think that yeah that wraps up my feelings on it yeah cool cool anyway it's time for us to uh move on to the next next topic and that's we talked about it recently or i talked about it recently on a on a wednesday podcast and that's social media so right. You, you you said you had some things to say about social media, but before we get into that, I'm just going to kind of give my stance on social media. I, I probably already have before, but uh, I use Instagram and Facebook. Um, I I enjoy it. I'm not like the biggest fan of it. I could definitely live without social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not like a big social media people like I think most people my age are. Right. That's, that's good. That's very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I enjoy the, the good old phone calls. I really enjoy phone calls. Phone calls yeah, phone 2020. Calls great. Phone calls are great. I really like FaceTime. That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, FaceTime is really cool too. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's my stance on social media is very just, you know, it's there. I use it, I use it but like I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And I don't really care too much for it. But. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna some spit some set fact uh this, some facts at you. Just oh yeah, big early. big social media facts. Yeah, social media. I want to give you sorry, not facts. My stats. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> the stats that I have. Yeah. Uh, now, this past week, I've spent ten hours and eight minutes on social networking. That's my screen time. That's collectively like all apps. All of my social media apps. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I guess you can decide what that means. And <laughs> um, the the largest of which is Snapchat, then Twitter. I gosh, I can't believe I've been getting back on Twitter. That's. I, I do I not like Twitter. Twitter. I'm not a big I fan I was of Twitter. Done with Twitter, and now I'm back on it. And Twitter makes me. It just feels like you're wasting your time whenever you're on Twitter. Yeah. There's nothing good that comes out of Twitter. I really don't don't enjoy Twitter. Then I haven't Instagram. used Twitter a lot, but like for the little bit I like tried it, I did enjoy it. Yeah. Then there's Instagram, and gosh, Instagram's terrible too. It's just as bad as Twitter. I wouldn't say just as bad. I mean, it's yeah, it's not great, mm-hmm. but I think you get a lot more negativity out of Twitter. Right. Well, I think. Instagram can hit you in different ways because there's all this positivity on all this. There are all these facades and fakeness. Because, you know, like what in the last episode, what Meg was saying, or her and her friends were saying, whenever they're posting to their main account, they put all this work into it to put in the caption. They have editing. And you're making this image of yourself that isn't, it's not true. It's not true. It's not. Exactly. it's, It's not who you are. I. Which. I try you can't do when, on social media. Yeah, yeah. I try when I like do my posts. I'm not a big fan of filters. 
Um, Neither am I. Yeah, I like, try to I'll, I'll like, filter. I'll, I'll put, like, when you get a photo ready on Instagram or Facebook and you get to the point where you can choose a filter, I kind of go through them like, oh, that kind of looks cool, that kind of looks cool. And I've used filters for several photos. But, like, I go through all these filters and then I hop back to the original and I'm just like, but this is so much, you know, real and I just like this photo so much more because of that. Yeah. So I'm a big, uh, you know, no filter guy. Mm-hmm. I like just showing you as it is. Right. Um, but then there's definitely this this problem whenever it comes to using Instagram and that's just, it can make you feel kind of shitty, like mm-hmm. really shitty. Because you see all these people with these, what they're portraying as a glorified life. Yeah. And, you know, they're living on the high rise or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, so, there's definitely social media, which a lot of people, you can argue this as something that's great. And, and that's that it, sorry, that's that it connects our world. It connects you with people Oh, it totally who does. Are... Like, social media definitely has a lot of pros. I'm not going to deny that. Yeah. But I'm going to make this point that I think that pro can also be seen as a con and a big time con because now we have people who instead of going out into their own world yep. they're stuck inside these social these social circles yeah yeah, yeah. rather like pe- than people would just rather direct message someone on instagram or snap them instead of hey let's go grab a bite to eat or let's go bowling tonight or I'll be snapping somebody who lives 600 miles away instead of going and seeing people who live two miles away. Yeah. And yeah. I think that because of social media, it enables me to have conversations with people who are nowhere near me. And now I don't kind of seek out that human attention that would be more beneficial to my health, mm-hmm. which is face-to-face like, yeah, conversation. Uh, there's no denying that face-to-face interaction human interaction is much better than media social media interaction yeah because there's that element of physicality and having proximity with someone that changes the game mm-hmm. it changes the ball like game when because... i'm when i'm facetiming paul john who is currently in washington um uh-huh. sure like you know we're talking we're having conversations whatever but whenever i'd be in the same room as him Whenever you're with people, you get that like aura that comes off them or whatever it would have been, may be. Like just that feeling of you're in the same room, you're connecting. I don't have that feeling of, oh, we're connecting and all that when I'm FaceTiming him. Yeah, FaceTime, first off, uh, you're physically not close to each other. Secondly, there is, you can, there's an escape. There's an escape route that's so easy. All you have it's to do is press that red button. And, and, and call, yeah. And call. And you're out of it. Whenever you're physically with someone, you can't, like, you have to physically leave. And that's way different. That feels way different. Mm-hmm. And, than... and it, it, this is another thing with, like, being with people. When when you're talking with someone on the phone or, or snapping them or FaceTiming them, whatever it may be, you your, like, reasons on why you don't want to hang out or talk to them anymore could be much simpler. Like, oh, I'm just tired. Mm-hmm. I want to be done. Or, oh, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to be done. Well, when you're hanging out with people, if you're tired, usually that doesn't stop you from hanging out with that person. You could be tired and be like, all right, well, I'm still going to hang out with them because they're here. Mm-hmm. And it does, um, at least for someone with my personality, I get a lot of energy with being around other people. Yes. So I'm less tired if I'm... A hundred percent. Like just being around people makes me mm-hmm. just feel better, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then 
like another another uh, pro to being in the same room with someone is kind of like I was saying is that mask that Instagram mask isn't there mm-hmm. because you can't you can't hold that up in public. It's not. It's like impossible. You can't, you can't change the way that you hold yourself. You can't change the way you move in your body. You can you can pose for a picture, but you can't keep that pose walking through your day-to-day things. So it's definitely you see somebody more for who they really are and mm-hmm. how they how they defend themselves, how they present themselves in different social settings, how they how you see them at a, and, as a coffee shop compared to at a party. And you'll see you'll see stuff that they may not want to share. Because mm-hmm. obviously yeah. with all social media, what you see on social media, they want you to see that. Yes. They they put that out there for you to see. There's very few mm-hmm. people that will put a story on Instagram or Snapchat or do a live video, whatever, where it's just raw footage and it's mm-hmm. just them. It's it's mm-hmm. usually all edited and, and determined by that person. This is what I'm gonna portray to my followers. But yeah, yeah when you're with them, you can't you can't dodge that bullet. You are putting your whole self out there. All mm-hmm. the the rust and bolts and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, now, that, that's why human interaction is and will always be, I think, better. Even when you have the in the future the holograms or whatever it may be, whatever they decide to throw out there. I still think no matter what human interaction is always going to top all kinds of interaction. Mhm. But that's the thing, it's getting less and less. If you it's like our grandparents, they hung out with each other a lot more because they had to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, that, we're getting more and more reasons to not hang out with people. Yeah, to stay in my room and stay in my perfect little bubble. Mm-hmm. And then there are sites, there are apps. So I don't know if you've been in the Tinder game at all, but that is a terrible, terrible, terrible place, and I highly do not recommend it. For all those wondering, I'm not in the Tinder game. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been I've been there and I've been back again and then I've been there and back again a hobbit's journey. I've been there and back again and I recently was on it and then so <laughs> a friend of mine said to me and this is a bit explicit they said this is a fuck app where people don't fuck on it. <laughs> and that's like it's crazy. It's crazy true because you never meet with anybody you see in Tinder. Never. Mm-hmm. You you never even every single time you try a conversation with you try to start a conversation with us, it dies down into nothing. And yeah. it's just like, what What does that mean even more? Now, like, why are like, you even trying? Right. This is something where, like, dating for our grandparents looked like actually going out to, like, a dance or some social event with people. And now it's people trying to feel better about themselves by getting Tinder matches. And there's really nothing inherently good about a Tinder match because it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't make you feel good except for the exact second whenever you get a match. Yeah. And it's like a split second. Like, oh, I did it. And then you're mm-hmm. just like, okay, next to the next person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You get some feeling of accomplishment. <laughs> like, <laughs> this this app is telling me that this person would work for me. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's off. It's off. Yeah. Now, so then I also have. Um, social media site I've spent this week I spent an hour and a half on Tumblr, Tumblr. and okay. when I'm on Tumblr I don't use Tumblr but I know what it is so when I'm on Tumblr it's less social more media okay and because people don't post selfies on Tumblr 
Mm-hmm. You're, you're posting content. I think, I think the most social social media app would be Snapchat. Snapchat, yeah. Or, did, I, Snapchat. did I say Snapchat? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think that would probably be the most social mm-hmm. social media app because you're, you're really, it, it's very easy to just send a video or a photo of yourself to someone else. Yeah, it's super easy. Yeah, most of my most of my time on Snapchat is me receiving a snap of somebody's face, expressionless face, uh, with some an words. environment. No, no, no words. No words. Okay, never. Like I said, I'm not words. I'm not experienced with Snapchat. No, it's just a picture of somebody's face, and then I open it and I look at it for half a second half a second and then i immediately send him a snapback of just my face it's the worst social See, trend that is why i'm not generation that's why i don't like the whole idea behind streaks and snapchat i don't understand it whatsoever it's like it's awful it's the worst thing that ever happened it's plagued our nation it's plagued it's because youth. i would just talk to a friend and they'll be like oh my i, I need to send my my streak snaps or whatever and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, "Are you serious? You're just gonna you need to send you need to send what five people a picture of your face to keep this number rising? Like, it's I don't get it whatsoever. I, I right. honestly don't. Now um, I will be honest. Usually it does not affect me, but then there still have been times where it has a little hourglass that says it's going to be out. I'm like, "Oh, okay. I'll send him a snap." So it works. And it, I, it, for gosh, for some reason, I, people feel so attached to this. To a I, yeah, I I. I can't believe, like I'm so mad at myself because I've fallen to this trap. Yeah, it's it's like, like if you break the streak, something's gonna go wrong in your life. <laughs> when nothing does. Yeah, yeah. I, like I I've had friends who've broken a streak, or like I finally convinced them, like, dude, you know this literally doesn't matter, and it's a waste of your time and a waste of that person's time, and so they mm-hmm. finally break a streak, and they're like, I'd ask them a week later, and be like, so how you feeling? And they're like, oh, same. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Now there's one there's one Snapchat streak that I have that I actually like. There, yeah. I feel like, like there's there's actually thought put into it. Like it's just it's not just me sending their fate. I, I definitely think there could be some streaks that are, you know, cool and you know, you're building mm-hmm. a relationship. Maybe because every day you send a cool like ten second video. I don't know. But like a majority of Snapchat streaks are just face photos back and forth with no words. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's some streaks out there where like, I don't know, let's say you have like two professional rock climbers and then each day they're just sending videos of them climbing mountains. I don't know. I'm sure there's some cool stuff out there, but for the majority, I, I think they're the, the most pointless thing ever. I I agree, but there's there's one. So I have a friend and he lives in Australia and that's like, I'll actually put thought into what I'm sending whenever I send it to him and only him so there's one streak out of the like nine streaks that I have Ooh. that I yeah, actually yeah. <laughs> that I actually put thought into mm-hmm. and it's because my friend's from Australia so I don't know I think it's yeah. it's cooler um and so you did you did bring up tumblr and you, how you're saying it's more media. yeah tumblr so what I do on tumblr now I I'm actually proud of tumblr mm-hmm. and that's because um I will write on Tumblr. So I've been blogging again. Oh, cool. You So you can blog on Tumblr. Tumblr's photos and videos, right? Am I am I thinking correctly? Uh-huh. So you'll... No, well, or, no, there aren't really videos on Tumblr. 
So it's photos, and then you can make blog posts. Then it's photos and text with those blogs. So sometimes it's meme. A lot of there's a lot of like social justice on Tumblr. So what would um, people need to look up for your blog? My blog's name is Daily Words Four, the and, number four, Daily People. And I'll, I'll, you, you, you can send me the link, and I'll also put that in the footnotes too. Oh, okay. We're really gonna take advantage uh, of the footnotes today. I love the footnotes. I love watch or listening to podcasts that have footnotes. So I'm actually really excited that you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you're really um, proud of me. Yeah, you're making I'll, those big steps. I'll send you my Tumblr right now. It's it's cool because all I do is write kind of whatever comes to mind. Like I don't feel an obligation to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And I can talk about like whatever I've been thinking. And I've noticed you know, that's something that has been impacting my writing style. Yeah, yeah, It's like a way to express yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like dance. Yeah, you you use dance it. to express yourself. You can use your words to express yourself. That's I love really cool. expressing myself through dance. It's so yeah. hard to do that because there, it's really hard to feel comfortable dancing. And But, like, I if you're just, because... just in a room by yourself and, like... Oh, then I can dance. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not a good but, dancer, but like if I'm in a room by myself and I'm just you know feeling feelings, and just want to start uh-huh. doing stuff, it's it's nice. I like it. Yeah, that's and you know that's how I feel about journaling. You know, you're mm-hmm. just by yourself. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing that's great about journaling is that the more you do it, the better you get at writing. And I love being good at writing mm-hmm. because it feels more and more like you're just talking. Yeah, yeah. And um, you can see that. You can see that whenever you are you whenever you write because the more you write the more the more fun it is the more easy you can flow mm-hmm. and i like seeing that i like seeing that develop you also um, get a lot faster at it yeah. like i can write, i can write 500 words really quick yeah that's always helpful especially being in college mm-hmm. um, and this is a blog that i i started i started whenever i was in college and i wrote every day for a year Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Now it's a lot more less frequent, but I did do everything. Because day doing something daily can be a bit stressful too. Oh yeah. And the, it's it's more it's nicer when you can just like put something out there when you have something you want to put out there. Right. Right. But it was good doing that project because mm-hmm. it definitely made me start like be um it was imperative for me that I, I stick to this. Oh yeah, this, yeah track and I sit sit to the schedule because you know it was and I didn't start it at the New Year's but I did start it kind of just like I was just all of a sudden I was like I'm gonna have a blog I'm gonna post word I'm gonna post it every day and I'm going to look at Miriam Webster's word of the day and I'm gonna use that word to write a blog post and yeah. kind of talk about how I'm feeling. So yeah, Tumblr awesome. for me has been very surprisingly Mm-hmm. Um, good for the development of my writing skills. Yeah, I read now though more. Mm-hmm. I, I think the best, the best, like if you want to get better at writing, read. Because mm-hmm. then you, you, you learn, to read. you know, a bunch of different ways to structure your words. You mm-hmm. learn a lot more words just in general. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think reading definitely is a big part in just knowing how to write and mm-hmm. pretty much do anything. Um, yeah, you should. You should read for, for every like five minutes you write. You should read for an hour, and that, that's a that's, yeah, that's a lot of reading. 
That is, that is a lot of reading. Maybe it's a little too much than what you're willing to yeah. put in that for. But hey, if you write one day a week and you read five days a week, you can get there. Good on you. Anyway, um, I think we, we got to start start wrap, wrapping this thing up. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, social media, it definitely has its pros, and I think it's, it's great in some cases. But in today's world, I think it's overused. That that's kind of my oh yeah that's kind of my my conclusion. It's such that. a time waster, and I think if we didn't have it, we would feel better about ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is the like generation, but it's also the depressed generation. There's so yeah. many people who I feel would be cured of their depression should if, they actually go and have friends and and go out into the real world instead yeah, of real friends instead of the virtual if had, world. If you had real friends, you wouldn't be depressed. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So the, the, the last, the, the would you rather, and, and we're going to start basing the would you rathers based off of the topic of the episodes. And so this one, it kind of, it, it's focused towards theater. And I actually got this one off of Playbill, the, the big old theater company. Um, and th- th- this is the question. Would you rather see every show only once or one show an unlimited amount of times? Now... Would I be restricted to only seeing that show? Because that would be yeah. Awful. You would only be able to see <laughs> one show an unlimited amount of times, or every show only once. Now the problem is with this one. Obviously, you see a show once, but there's like I always want to go see a show again because you'll you'll catch stuff like every time. Like whenever I would see you perform or mm-hmm. you see something on Broadway, if you go back and watch it again, there's so many little things you can pick up in theater. So yeah, I wouldn't like I wouldn't like knowing I will never be able to see this again. Like if I were to go see let's say like Hamilton or Dear Evan Hansen or, or The Lion King, I don't know, something as great as one of those and then be like mm-hmm. I can never see this again. I'd be pretty upset. Now the other problem is picking a show that you would want to see in an unlimited amount of times and only that show also very difficult. Yeah. Um Yeah. Now I, I I see what you're saying with seeing seeing a show more than once. Because I saw Wicked twice and I saw Jersey Boys twice, yeah. and upon the second viewing, I, you know, I enjoyed enjoy it, it a as lot much, more. if not more. Yeah. Um, but I'd probably have to go with the see every show only once, just because I would need that diversity of just, you know, that spectrum of just variety in different shows. Because now I, I agree with that because it's kind of like building your library, mm-hmm. building your understanding of what theater is and how it has you know the genre and how people interact with that genre because everyone does it differently fun home is a much different show than company mm-hmm. yeah uh seeing an element of an autobiography is way different than seeing an act of fiction and it's cool it's cool to see it's really cool to see shows that are autobiographical like fun home i would i would highly recommend um now the more you see shows, it's like reading books. The more the more books you read, the better you are at understanding books. The more shows you watch, the better you are at understanding shows. So if you have exposure to all these different shows, then you're going to be a lot better at picking it apart and understanding what the artist, what the author, and what the actors and everyone, the musicians, and every single role, the lighting, the, the stage design, the costumes you have a much better grasp of what that means in context of the story and how mm-hmm. it can change and how it can impact like the influence of the events, how the environment 
changes what's going to happen. How what people are wearing, what race people are, what, why they're wearing it. Yeah, every every everything that plays into just different actions that you have throughout your life, and yeah, it's cool to see the development of how stories, like how how stories can impact people, mm-hmm. and especially like through this medium. I think there's a lot that can be said whenever you see a live performance on a stage. It's a yeah. lot different experience than seeing a movie. Definitely a big difference. Because, like because that you, physical it's real people. That's what we're talking about. Now we're talking about You're being real. with real people. You're with real people. Yeah, the Greeks. The the Greeks were doing this way back in... In Greek in time. In, uh, yeah, the Gre- Greek in time. But yeah, yeah. So so we would both, by the sounds of it, go with see every show once because you just get a lot more out yes. of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, hope you all enjoyed. Just a quick, quick few things. Uh, you can go follow us on our social media accounts. It's Opinion Central on Facebook. It's Opinion Central Podcast on Instagram. And then mm-hmm. on Twitter. <laughs> Twitter, you can't have as long as at. So we are at Opinion Pod Place. So yeah, you go follow us on any of those on our good old social mm-hmm. medias. You'll and... see the picture. You can recognize our picture. Yep, yep. You'll, you'll know us by the looks. And uh, one other announcement, which is going to be really exciting. We do have a, mm-hmm. a brand new podcast coming out. Um, the episode could be out by the time you're listening to this. And the name of the podcast is Pokemon Central. Pokemon Central. Pokemon Central. It's a podcast based and focused on the Pokemon games, shows, pretty much anything Pokemon. And yeah, the first episode might be up by the time you're listening to this. If not, you can look forward to that coming soon. And yeah, Pokemon Central, a Pokemon podcast. Uh, that's Pokemon. that. That's uh, are the big news for today. So yeah, are they going to get a little piece of it here? Um, I I don't know if you'll get a piece of it. I'll, I'll try. I'll try to plug. I'll, I'll. You know what? After after the uh, outro song plays, I'm going to give you guys a little snippet of the Pokemon podcast, so you can look yeah, forward so to it. You can stick, stick around, around, stick around for the after for the credits, and the credits are mm-hmm. just going to be a little snippet of Pokemon Central. Cool. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, go check that out. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for tuning in. And uh, see you see you soon. Yep. See you next time. Bye bye. I would do that. Nice. I would do that for like an hour. I would just have so Fall. fun. I would just have so fun, so much fun answering these pokey questions. I did the exact same thing. Yeah, yeah. See, that was pretty funny. I did that so many times. It was, I, I did that more than I played the game. It was so fun. <laughs> like just taking this this Pokemon survey to see what Pokemon you were. It was like a whole game in itself. That's funny. So yeah, I, I have not. I've played a game that does that before. Dragon Quest Three, where you take a like survey at the beginning of the game and then you like go through this weird scenario and then it determines your personality mm-hmm. um but it didn't determine i mean personality determines stats but it wasn't like what pokemon yeah, you what are pokemon you